Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, this is episode 68 of the of the show, and joining me today is Avid Bali. How's it going, Eddie? Good seeing you. Great. Going, going great. Just to clarify, you've been on the show before. Yeah, was that like your third, <laughs> your third uh, person? You were guest number two. I th- oh, number two. I think maybe three. I think you were three. I think I was three because it got me excited thinking about my company name because it has number three in it, <laughs> and I was like, nice, I'm number three. Okay, it makes sense. I usually like being third, you know. You like being third. I don't mind being third. Oh, you don't mind being third. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes, we haven't. It's been it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Yeah, I think back then you had longer hair. Different hair. You had different hair too, maybe same hair. I don't yeah, know what uh, you. Not had. the same hair. I think I was like still trying was to grow it, it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Damn, time has gone by. So time is time is flying. Uh, to clarify for the people at home, you are a filmmaker. How do I better describe you these days? How do you, what's... Man, you're right. Oop, I should put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I am a filmmaker, but to be very honest with you, <laughs> I feel like I'm a content creator now. <laughs> content I, creator. I have not made a movie since Bated Breath, which you were our script supervisor for. Mm-hmm. And I have gone more into the music video direction, but more so I've gone into just shooting a lot of concerts and doing a lot of promos and again, like, you know, content creation. That's kind of all it, and you know what's funny enough, it's actually not for me. I haven't even been creating content for myself. I just get hired by other people to create content for them. I'm following the money, Eddie. Okay, yeah, so content creator, your stuff I mean, is okay, so Filmmaker, you're implying that there's a, it's more of a create. All right, sure. The creative, the creative. What, what? Okay. Filmmaker. You're, you're making films, but it's more with the intent of. You're making films. I'm you're, making. You're films. making films. Okay. I, I, I feel like it's different. It's actually, I'm starting to realize this a lot more because. Although, let's say our processes could be similar, that we have to go through a pre-production phase and we shoot it and then we have to edit it and all of that you could consider is the process for filmmaking. I think what really defines these subjects, now that I'm figuring it out, is the content that you're actually recording, that you're actually filming. You know, So I feel in the sense of filmmaking, which is telling a narrative story, it's telling something that carries a lot of emotion, entertainment, I feel with content creation, although you could still have the form of entertainment in it and there's like a small narrative aspect to it, it's not drawn out as long, it's not, it's not capturing it in a way of where like a movie would be. You're either creating content to advertise something, you're either con- creating content to advertise yourself or you're creating content to be informative about something. So it's, it's a little bit less, I feel, of like, I don't want to say artistic because it's actually sometimes it's even harder to create something that's shorter, like a six-second video or a ten-second video is a lot harder to do. But yeah, it's got its own challenges for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just I just feel that it's very much. Um, I don't know. It sounds like I'm like dissing content creators right now. You are. Well, no. I mean, the whole point. There's the there's an old adage. Oh. I 
forget what it is. I have to pull it up. I'm gonna ruin it right now. Let me. Let me. I'm okay. You just. I'm gonna find a. Okay. I have. There's this thing about directors, and there's two types of directors, and I'm gonna try to talk and buy myself some time, and I found it right here. Nice. Uh, so how many kinds of directors are there? There are two kinds. Those who make artistic pictures, and those whose pictures pay. So you're nice. If anything, you're in the you're in the you're yeah in the paying <laughs> category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm over here making the artistic pictures, but yeah. well, I kind of got I think I'm what I mean is like I'm following the money is cuz I got put into a position where now I have a studio. Yeah, I want to talk about all that, yeah. Yeah, and we could definitely get into it, but you know, I have a lot more expenses now and Money is a lot more of a necessity now, not just to take care of myself, but to just pay off bills. And yeah, it kind of, I kind of just got pushed into it because I feel like there is more money in it and because you're also working for other people. A lot of the time with filmmaking or film, you know, directing, you're kind of the person who who's hiring yourself to do the project. And there's really no money in, in that until the long run. So I think... I think that that's mainly of why I'm saying chasing the money. I never got into this job because of the money. It's only now that I have a studio and there's, you know, there are things that I need to, you know, there are bills to pay that things got a lot more serious about taking the finance aspect of this job seriously. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so I guess that's, yeah, I mean, you're, you're segueing us in there naturally. But talking about, like, last time we chatted, I remember we ended the conversation. Like, towards the end, I don't know, you're talking about how you were looking to open up the studio soon. And yeah. you just want to get the name out there. Three Lines Studio. Three Lines Studio. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it until after I realized people are really, like, missing the S. That I am have to be in, like, Three Lines Lines. Yes, it's a three lines because yeah, the S blends in with studio, so three yeah. lines studio, three lines studio. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> what I want to know, I guess, is I'm very curious as to this is I'll, I have a broad question just to to bring us into it, but opening up your own studio, how 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 is how is it how's it been and how how does all that go down? And I'm because I know a little bit. We see each other on on occasion and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. sort of from the beginning to I don't know. Just yeah. How do you like get into it? Well, I I was more being a location representative for a bunch of other studios. There was a time where I think when COVID came in that I stopped position for that. And I oh no, I to take this back. I was a PA for the studio called Naked Eye Studio. And I got really close with the owner of that studio. And when COVID came, I wasn't getting any jobs for production. And so I just messaged her and said, hey, do you need like a location rep? And she said, yeah. And everything kind of took its own way of where I got to be, like learning how to run a studio. And a lot of the times you're just watching Netflix in the office until someone comes and says, hey, do you have the electrical layout to this place? We just trip the circuit <laughs> right right yeah yeah like yeah. So something like that um and so as soon as I saw that and I kind of did that for about one year and then there was a time where I was also doing a lot of photo shoots and a lot of uh, a lot of the videos and stuff in my bedroom 
and it became a thing where I would be trying to get the light higher and then I would hit the ceiling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then it was like, okay, if I could find a place that's affordable and all of that, then take out a loan, have a little bit of help from my parents and be able to you know, have my own location. And that's kind of like what really brought it like into existence. And I would say the worst part about it that I feel like I struggled with was the construction construction aspect of it. Like going through demolishing the place of what it was before to then rebuilding it to what it is now. Okay. That was that was difficult. Okay. So how in terms of process on finding a studio in the first place, so you set you set your mind down to I I you were you were I don't know how <laughs> you're how do you find a location? Yeah, so, so you're yeah you're dipping your toes in the water on like all right I'm looking for a studio to to jump into this, this new endeavor with cause, and it's a, it's a whole I mean it's a whole commitment for sure yeah so when let's just say when you're touring this space specifically because we're currently here at Three Lines yes, Studio. <laughs> Um, how did, so yeah, there's, there's this, there's this main stage area and there's some other rooms and like your office space and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. when you walked in, how did you know this was the one? And then how did you know what work needed to be done? Like, yeah. When I walked in, I thought I was going to put a 30 feet, 30 foot psych wall in this 800 square foot space, which is not possible. Okay. So when I walked in, the thing is, I really didn't know exactly how things were gonna be done. To be honest, it was more about finding a space that was within a budget, and this place fell into that. But when I really walked in, I had a lot more of a imagination of other people's studios and studios that I got to work on and see, and I kind of like thought about it, how can I apply to this? And there were, some things did work out, but some things kind of did not work out. For instance, right, right in that corner, which you guys can't see, but in that back corner, I was thinking of putting a psych wall. And then I realized if I put a psych wall there, no one really is gonna be able to shoot because the length, the width of this place isn't as big enough as it could be. Okay. Right, like, because you would want a certain distance away with the tighter. If you're going to use a tighter lens, you know, you're, you want you got to have consider focal length and all that kind of stuff with film. Yeah, I was just I was just going to clarify for people at home on what a psych wall is because it's kind of it's kind of specific to studio spaces. I feel like. Yeah. Um. How? Yeah. How? How do you describe a, a psych wall for um, people? A, a psych wall is, it's basically a wall, but it feels like there's an infinityness to it. It feels like it's endless, um, and a lot of Typically, they're white, but you know, you, you could actually paint them like a green psych wall and be, be using it as a green screen. Mm -hmm. But it's the idea that you don't see the edge of the wall. There's like an infinity room kind of illusion to it. Yeah, you can light it and it's just white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I guess like physically, physically being, I guess just for the over clarification on the psych wall, it's like a, it's, I don't even know how you would, I don't know how those things are built. But it's uh, it's just like a sloped, it's just yeah. a sloped wall. So it doesn't they, uh, you don't have the corners there. It's right. Um, they they they're basically curvy. The the wood is curved out, mm -hmm. and then they put um, basically mesh first, and then they cover that up with some other plaster, and then that's what ends up creating that look. But yeah, it's it's like a curvature on the edge of the wall, 
that goes from top, bottom, curves down. Yeah, and you need a, I guess, I guess you need a, it makes sense that you need a certain amount of space to kind of properly do go through that process, which I yeah, never actually, about. Yeah, that was yeah. a great point because that was what I realized was the curve for this place, it would, it would curve out too far out and then I would lose a lot of the floor space for production to actually be placing their cameras or their lights mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And basically I came to a point where I realized I should not do a psych wall in this place. What I should do is paint the entire space black and create it as a black void. Because I know that that actually is something that a lot of people would love to shoot in is this black abyss environment, a lot of moody stuff. People use it for a lot of moody interrogation scenes. It's, it's been used in a lot of cool ways that I've seen it so far. But uh, I thought that that would be a little bit unique is having a black void warehouse. It's not also something that's always popping up. Because if you're looking at online and you type in PsychWall, you get a bunch of these studios. But I think it's a little bit more limited if you type in black void environment or warehouse. And uh, that's kind of how I try to like make it like a niche, be very specific to my business. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, all right. And then I guess I'm thinking about all the other work that you had to put into this place because I know you talked about the construction that it that it takes and I know even like off camera starting like before we're talking now you're they're already thinking about more construction to do on the place so yeah man this is what I mean like I I, I came in here and I wasn't even thinking the way I should have been thinking I feel and and that's that's the aspect of where I would say you kind of just have to do it and I tend to overthink a lot and there was a moment where I was getting a lot of anxiety and I was falling into this frustration of overthinking about it. And, you know, even though that happened, I still made mistakes. I realized I just don't have an equipment room. I don't have a big enough equipment room for a bunch of all my gear. And I actually purchased a lot more gear to have at the studio. Uh, and that was a realization. So I'm going to go through another construction where I'm going to be putting up a wall and creating another room. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess... <laughs> uh, what I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much further I want to jump into describing of the space itself. Yeah, you could just go onto www.threelinestudio.com and see it, or find me on PeerSpace or yeah, Gigster. Yeah. So I guess the quickie version, just to clarify, just to get it out of the way, like you said, there's a black void room here, and then there's like that. How do you? What? How does this room described? Like, there's that kind of. I kind of think of it as like the podcast studio. Room. It is. It's kind of like a podcast studio. I have like the same curtains that Joe Rogan had in his studio because I was trying to create a podcast environment. And you know, to be honest with you, it's too big of an environment, which is also one of the reasons why I'm trying to make it smaller and have an equipment room mm -hmm. in it. Is because I feel that as much as it's cool to say you have a podcast room, no one has booked it. Okay, and I realized okay. that even us recording a <laughs> podcast right now are not in that room. And a lot of people who have recorded a podcast don't ever use the room. They're using this environment. So it's... it's Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's like another thing I learned. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, I could imagine... I mean, for us, of course, I mean, we're we're specifically thinking about... Should we, we, we wanted to showcase the, 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 the space. Yeah. Um, but yeah... I could imagine if I cared more about sound or setting up certain stuff, I would probably use the, you know, but either way, that's interesting. Well, our, our case is, is very similar to other people who have also used it. It's the fact that when they're recording their podcast, they would want to film it. And this whole setup 
is a lot more uh, versatile, vers yeah, versatile, flexible, yeah, for, flexible yeah. for being able to have a camera and a light set up. That room, you really can't put a camera. You're going to be so tight on people. You know, you can't. You're not. There's not. The space is not big enough to okay. be used for filming your podcast. It's more about just recording your podcast. Yeah, just sound specifically. Sound specifically. So what I have used that room for is ADR sessions, because um, I did put a TV in there to be able to do ADR. Or uh, someone has done a fully recording where they brought in their shoes and a bunch of like different floor types, and they were just recording their uh, fully footsteps and stuff. So nice. that's what it's used for now. Great. <laughs> okay. So you toured the space. You're like, after after doing the full thing, doing the project breakdowns and all that kind of stuff, you're like, this is this is the space I want to do. You came in, built it to what it is yeah. now. And how, I, I just, I, I don't know, what's, what, I want to hear about um, people using it and how that's and how that's been and how what kind of like what you're getting out of those experiences and what your takeaways have been and that sort of thing to open yeah, up broadly was, in that. I would say the coolest thing about it is meeting other creative people and also having people that I've worked with in the past book the space or they're on a crew for the production that booked the space and they come here and they don't know it's me and then I run into them and there's like that really aha moment that yeah it's my my studio it's like yeah, oh, you, yeah. you know it's cool so I, I love that aspect of it the socializing aspect of it is great and another thing is because I do first AD work is I actually have a thing with productions where I say like you hire me as a first AD and we go into overtime I won't charge you overtime for the location because it's, it's my responsibility that we went overtime. Interesting. You like that, don't you? I don't know. I don't go into overtime. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as if I yeah, if I were the, yeah, it's like oh, okay, great. We can do we can do what now? Yeah. Sure. Again, that's more of me trying to be a very specific. You know, I'm trying to have it be a very specific business and a brand. That is so okay. In that scenario, how does that work? Do you get brought on as a first AD first, and then they're looking for spaces, and you recommend your own? So far, how that's worked is that they're actually scouting it, and then I kind of try to engage on how their crew is, if they already have their crew, if they're still hiring crew. And through conversation, I do mention what I do as my job. And uh, whenever I bring up first AD, they usually would say if they they usually won't say anything, or they would say that yeah, we're still looking for a first AD, and then that's when I slip in. My little, you know. Yeah, like by prompt. the way, yeah, yeah. For, no, it's cool. That's nice. Yeah, nice. The little little double dip action. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah. Go continue. Um, so it's that's kind of been the the great experience from it. I I have luckily I've not had a production where I've been frustrated with. I've not had a production that have damaged the place or have left me unhappy for even having them come here. So I'm very happy about that. There has been a couple of issues that I've run into with my HOA, and that's because I've also used the space to rent it out for events. And there was one, one Squid Game party theme that thing that happened that got me in trouble with my HOA. Now, now outside of my unit, there's like signs that says "No loitering, no alcohol, no smoking." Okay. All that, and the only reason why they have those signs now, out of like I don't know, like 20 years of this place not having anything like that, is because I came in and ruined it. How bad was it? <laughs> it wasn't bad at all. It, it's it's more about the bad timing because it just happened to be that one of the HOA members were in their unit at that time of night because this was definitely after hours and everything and 
they were there late and then they, they were just driving down the alley and they saw the gate open and people just loitering outside and it kind of, yeah, it, it just turned into a huge, what you call like a safety issue and a fire hazard and all of this that they would, that they would bring on and uh, at this point now I just don't do events. More so, it's actually why I got the furniture that we're sitting on right now, and I bought a, a lot more equipment, is because I just started catering it strictly as a photo film location, no longer events. Gotcha. So I don't have to have that problem ever happen again. Yeah. Sounds good. By the way, what you're sitting on, I rented out for about $90 for a production. You rented it out to the production. Nice. Yeah, that's how I'm actually like learning how to be a businessman right mm -hmm. now is... I'm getting things that I know that I would use if I was coming in to use the space, and you know, then you just rent it out, and that's how that's how I do it. Super cool. And then, okay, so <laughs> I don't know. For this is kind of like for funsies. Let's just for the for the audio listeners. Do you want to describe the pieces of furniture we're sitting in right now? You're sitting in a mid in a teal mid-century chair, vintage. I like to say vintage on almost everything. <laughs> I'm sitting in a royal red, uh, I don't know how to describe this one, actually. You described it as a, did you, just, did you, did you jokingly describe it as like a princess chair? Is that yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> royal red prince, I don't know, that kind oh, of Oh, prince, okay, that's better than, no, it's whatever. Well, if it was hot pink, maybe I would say princess. It's, it's very red, for sure. Yeah, very red. And then, you know, I just have a bunch of other furniture. has got the piano in the back, and that's another item that I got lucky with. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to spend money on that because my roommate was moving mm -hmm. out of his place. And he's like, I don't have room for a piano anymore. So I took it. Nice. Got lucky with certain things in life. For sure. Yeah. Taking, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, as they say. Yes, yes. <sighs> All right. Okay, so how long has it been since you've had this? You've had the studio open for how long now? It's been a year now. It's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year and a half of just having it, and construction took about six to eight months, and now I've just been operating it, and it's been about one year, and uh, August would be one year. So we're coming close to to a year right now. Cool. Yeah, it's been again like a great experience i just need to learn more about marketing and all these other things i i didn't i got my degree in chemistry which is far behind like what i'm doing now and a lot of this stuff is through youtube and the internet that i'm like learning how to do what i'm doing and i'm i'm figuring it out slowly but you know it's gonna it's gonna happen we're gonna get there yeah i'm yeah and you're like where are you gonna get there too? <laughs> no 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 oh you mean like what's the the end goal? Sure, that's a great question. Have another location. Okay. That would be like another, another having another studio space for me is kind of like another goal of mine because I, I feel that I've learned so much from this process that the next one I know is going to be more of what I would want from a studio, more of what I would want in, in having a space. Yeah, it'll be a little bit more attuned to the specifics of what you're looking for yeah and you're like okay great i need these dimensions for my psych wall i need this for this and you can indeed be a little bit more ahead of the yeah and the planning that makes sense 
Yeah. And then I assume, like, I'm just going to take a stab. I assume is the, is the other end end goal to, like, you don't want to be the one managing the spaces here? Like, is there somebody else that you hire to, like, kind of like you said, the thing that you were doing before. Right. Where you have somebody. He, yeah, I actually got lucky that I have that right now. It's my best friend from college. Okay. He's also my roommate. And he's actually, uh, he's been a location rep for me when I was touring and that was a great that was a great thing because I don't know who else would have done it. Another person that kind of comes into it is my dad. You know, he's a champ. He'll do it. He he's one of those things where I don't know. Like he 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 will do whatever I need him to do. And I I'm so grateful to have a dad like that because I know most people they won't. I know most fathers won't be like that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have your support team. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, but ideally it would be to have like a like a roster of people because you know if my dad is busy, my friend Alex is busy, then I am kind of screwed at that point. Sure. Would you want to do it? <laughs> it pays. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah, not going to pay no, you. No, I'm going to sure, pay you. For sure. Uh, location, I've never I've never done that job before. I have very limited experience with um being a rep communicating with like just reps at all. Um, but yeah, like you said, it seems pretty chill with you just, yeah. here's the, here's the outlets and, uh, yeah, don't touch this and don't touch this. Yeah. Can, can I just let everyone know <laughs> if, if you're looking for a job, message me cause I would love to have you on a, on a roster. And if it works out, you know, freelancing or you just need a gig or something like that. And you never know what's going to happen. Mm. You could definitely be able okay. to work at the studio for me. Sounds great. Please do that because I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. Well, I'm assuming you're going to put my Instagram or something like that where they could DM me. For sure. Okay, great. Yeah. You could DM me. I, I listen and respond to DMs. Yeah. say listen because I love voice text. Listen to the DMs. Okay. Yeah, you kind of mentioned it in there too. I wanted to talk about um, your recent adventures touring and stuff it feels like you've been you've been you've been out of the country for a couple of things right not just for one thing or has it been for the main one big thing what have you been what have you been up to it's been with like the same company but for other things um i actually leave tomorrow to go to toronto for the weekend for the same artist i I work for a persian artist persian pop artist Uh, his name is ebby and in iran he would be equivalent to Frank Sinatra. Okay. So he's like that level of popularity. And yeah, we went touring with him. It was a two and a half week tour in the Middle East, which was crazy because I was born in the Middle East, but I've never gone back to the Middle East since I came to America. Mm -hmm. And that was a great experience to have. And it wasn't something that everyone gets to have because we were flying on private jets. We had police escorts. We had just, I don't know, like limousines, like not limousines because in, in the Middle East it wasn't limousines, but it would be like a Mercedes Maybach and just very luxurious. Yeah, limousine equivalent, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, you could call it that. It's, yeah. Yeah, fancy, um, yeah. And that was that was just, I don't know, like two and a half weeks was like best time of my life. And all I'm doing is just walking around and filming and you know, that's something that I would never forget. Like, I love filming, and I'm doing it, and I'm traveling. It's cool. So you got brought on. Um, 
so okay now okay yeah were you about to say i brought i got brought on as like like what my job job yeah title yeah was? yeah because you're filming but is there yeah videographer you're videographer and i'm so much more comfortable with saying that word now it's a great word i mean it's yeah you were not comfortable before yeah because i think that before and i've seen a lot of memes on this too between cinematographer videographer filmmaker it's like all of these have such like such of the same idea to someone who's not in any of the industry you know if someone's in accounting they're like what's the, you know they're all the same thing yeah but i feel like there's a difference between each one of those categories so what's the what's the meme that made you feel bad about videographer or was that what you're i think it wasn't really the meme i think there was a meme that clarified it which made me actually accept accept it and accept like the identity and everything towards okay. it i think yeah. i had my own preconceived notion towards all of those categories and i realized there's really nothing wrong within any of those there's there's nothing wrong within anything it's just how you perceive it to be wrong and uh videography i've actually i'm very happy to call myself a videographer because like i said that's where the the money's in wedding videographer event videographer concert videographer you see how many how you see how many like there's you know things we're covering yes so, okay so for for what is the difference between cinematographer and videographer i don't think a cinematographer would ever edit the footage that they shot okay so editing is, is involved in in your process correct i think a videography position takes more labor in some case where you are the director you're the producer you're the editor you're 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 doing it all in my head is what I see as a videographer where cinematography, I see that as the niche of just controlling the photography and the lighting of what you're doing. There's someone else that's helping with the direction. There's someone else that's producing it. And that's kind of how I was breaking it down in a way. And, you know, and as soon as I kind of had that realization, there was also that, feeling of identity of yeah I do know how to direct it I do know how to produce it I do know how to edit it and in a way the word videographer now carries a lot more weight for me too to me it means I'm more skillful a little bit more a little bit more of like one man bandish it's kind of yeah 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 but I also understand the stigma that you're kind of talking about with the with coming to have having to accept it where it feels a little bit you I, yeah you uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know we we both are worked on set as crew yeah and we just know how crew has talked about i mean i know how like for example g&e team or you know our camera department how they have discussed like vi- videography in a way and right i think that you, was the because yeah you can at, at at a at a broad stroke you can kind of poo-poo a videographer gig is is like oh you're this feels like a hustle thing where where it's like oh you're you're trying to you, like you want to be a cinematographer but for now you have to settle for videography yeah and that, that sort of stuff is yeah but you're you're definitely right about that it's um there, it, it it's like as if you you're gonna have to hustle more and it might be for the same pay or, or even little pay but in my case it's a lot more pay just because again as as first ad because <laughs> sure, sure. because i feel like a first aid First aiding to the level that I, w- I was doing it at, it would be 500 to $800 days. 
where now it's me getting at least $2,000 to $3,000, then again, I'm editing the content. So I could see yeah. why it's a little bit more. It's because there's more time that goes into it. But I'm also enjoying editing it. I find myself to be a fast editor. So it's a lot better than sitting on Excel creating the schedule, personally. For sure. No, yeah, you're more... Yeah, okay. Great. Well, congratulations on uh, Thank you. being a videographer. Thank you. <laughs> Content creator. <laughs> um, okay, so you got to go to the Middle East to because like you're you're snagging what are you snagging on the trip because like you're filming everything now are you are you is this like all-inclusive stuff like you're looking to promote their social media like you're pulling stuff for that or you're doing like documentary or you like what is this stuff being used for yeah great great question actually with that um so i had two jobs i think the reason why i was able to go on the private jets and be basically living the life of the artist that we were traveling with was because I was shooting for his documentary. Mm. That was one of the reasons I was there. But then every time when we had a concert or a show, I was shooting their concerts and creating a recap video so they could promote the next concert. And that's more of like where I would say it's like the content creator thing. I was just creating like one minute, one minute videos and that's it. Um, the documentary aspect I find a lot more fulfilling and I think that that's where I would feel a lot more joy that I, I, a, a lot more joy came from the documentary aspect of filming it because I was, my whole experience was wrapped around being next to the artist filming him every day. And that, that I think was the, the cool thing. Is it just you or do you have a team of cameras that you're also wrangling? Uh, my boss, shout out to Naveed. Uh, he was the other guy who was also will be filming. He's the he's the head content creator of the company that they're that they're in charge of, and then he outsources work to me, and that's how we work together. So he was actually on tour with us as well, so he would play as the other camera operator. But it, again, it's 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 uh, case by case because the show that we're gonna go do uh, tomorrow in Toronto, there's three other camera operators, and I'm the one that's like leading our group, you know. Yeah. So it just it varies depending yeah. on the job. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The the coolest thing, actually, because you mentioned if I had done another thing when I went to the Middle East, was that we shot a Middle East show that was four hours long. And I was also an editor for that. And uh, I was also like DIT. We, we, did, we, did, we did a lot. But um, that was one of the coolest experiences that I've had because I never actually worked on a show at all. And let, a, let it alone be a four-hour show. And you're like, why is it a four-hour show? Who would watch a four-hour show? And it was because it was for the Persian New Year that the show was being created for. Okay. Uh, so, which is a huge thing in, in the Middle East, and that's where it was broadcasted. And that was just like a crazy experience because I would sleep for two hours. We would wake up, we would shoot the next day, and and then I would come back and... Sleep, I would, sleep. Sorry. No, I know. Sleep's important. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I, no, I'm trying I just feel that I never got tested. I wanted to, like... I felt challenged, and I overcame the challenge. And looking back, it's so rewarding to feel that that feeling, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the show... When you said four hours initially, my gut was that it's probably... I don't know... I was like, it's probably, you know, four one-hour blocks, or maybe I guess it is screened as a four-hour chunk. I don't I don't know. but uh, it, it was like a four-hour chunk. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah, I know I was, 
uh, I did see you did post about that experience on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. I know you posted a little preview of it and also some like cool behind the scenes moments of you pointing at different cool cameras. Like you're, you're, because there's the, when you're doing, I don't, okay. I don't know what the show was, Mm. but I did recognize like we see um, like live television. You have, you have your full. Yeah. What is that? I don't even know what the thing Uh, is set up. Like, uh, you have all the grids of all the cameras going and you can Yeah, it's like, like, I mean, it's it's a video village on steroids in a way because you have six to eight cameras and all those cameras like have a, a feed going to it. Okay, it's like a broadcast setup. It's a it. broadcasting setup. Okay. That's a great, yes. great way to say it. Yes, it came back to me. Because I know I was on a commercial recently where they had a broadcast van set up for the thing. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I had to harken back to that experience. But... So you were involved in the broadcast space, helping coordinate stuff. How, yeah, yeah. This, how does how does that it's go? It's so interesting for this because I, I actually got hired specifically because I was going to be one of the editors. We had two other editors. We had we had three editors. I was one of them, and it was frustrating. I I was not <laughs> supposed to be there doing what I was doing that I posted. I got permission from all the executives to end up being in that position because as, as the editor. Yeah, so I was in Video Village looking at how they were shooting everything because in my head I'm looking at how I would be editing this. Yeah. And the language barrier between people who spoke Farsi, people who spoke English and people who spoke Turkish really screwed the pooch on this because you would have camera operators who are focusing on the wrong person at the wrong time because they don't know that that person is the importance to the subject of why we should be filming them. They're, you would have a, you would have two cameras on the same person, which makes absolutely no sense in the editing world. In the sense that this is a TV show that was being hosted, it was like an it was a live event kind of TV show. But when yeah. I say live, I'm not being honest with that because we were editing it. Yes, right. But you're shooting it as if it were. Live. We were shooting it as if it was live, and so a lot of that a lot of the reason of why I was put into that position telling people like what to do was because no one was doing it. And the actual director, Naveed, he was on the set directing, not in video village. And so he needed me to be a second pair of eyes to be able to make sure that our coverages are actually coming out the way we wanted it to be. And so it it was a cool experience because I actually got into a yelling argument with one of the the people with the main person who was uh, communicating to all of the operators that was sitting there with me, and it was it was very heated. And there was a moment where I just was was telling myself that I can't I can't be behaving this way. So I had this whole mature moment where I realized like I can't be talking this way or else he's not going to be listening and he would actually just be hating me more and 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 the the relationship would not be working so I started having to change my tone and it was just something that I feel like because it was such a high stress environment that I got put into I learned a lot more about myself and how I should be operating and and behaving and you know as soon as I realized that which was a little bit more in the beginning of the whole filming close to the end you know I gave the guy a hug we were able to be friends and you know, it, it just showed me the importance of communicating and, and, you know, even the person, the guy didn't speak English, really. He spoke Turkish. So it just showed that that went both ways in, in respect. Showing respect. That's, that's lovely. 
I'm thinking of, okay, I'm stuck on a couple. Okay. I'm just curious. As far as the languages that you speak, do you speak all three of those languages? No, I just speak Farsi and, and English. Okay. So not the Turkish side. Yeah. And then I'm also thinking about, I don't know, I'm stuck on like little logistical stuff. Sorry, people. Um, <laughs> how many cameras were running? We had nine cameras. Okay. Nine cameras. And um, <clears throat> on stuff that's that big. Cause that's that's like that's a that's a big production. Yeah. Because every camera has an operator. Every camera has their own camera team, almost mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And yeah. then there's the funnel of c- communication, which is like you were saying, the screwing the pooch on trying to figure out who's shooting what. Yeah, I, I think I was explaining this to my boss, which is actually what got me really to give him the confidence that I should be there was. I was telling him, we have nine cameras, and we are not maximizing our coverage right now. Mm-hmm. If we're shooting with nine cameras, we're just shooting the same two people that are, like, if we're shooting the same two people with nine different cameras in a way, how am I going to have all of this ability to have all this coverage in the post room? Because I'm not going to be able to use that shot. And it was one of those things where I'm saying, I want to maximize this. How can we maximize this? And right. that was why I was put there to be able to tell you know, camera B now, camera camera A. Like I was able to to do all of that with yeah, yeah. directing it. That sounds pretty crazy. Um, yeah, because I mean, I feel like most people's uh, exposure to that sort of an environment is when we watch like news, like news station TV, where they're like, right. all right, all right, cut the camera A, go to camera B, all right, see this, see this. But yeah. so you're. Were you guys editing it live too? Was there a live edit cut? Okay. No, that's okay. that's why it's all so sad, Eddie. <laughs> that's why it's all so sad. Okay. Yeah. Because as much as I kept telling these people that I am editing this, just do not stop, stop hitting these buttons, stop changing these camera, uh, you know, um, like stop prioritizing which camera I'm seeing on the screen right now. I don't care about that. They were under the assumption that this was a live event. Even though multiple times people were telling them that we're gonna be editing this, it's not live. Because a lot of the things would need to be cut and like there were some, there were some inappropriate things yeah. that were happening that had to be cut. And it was one of those things where again, language barrier, the reason of why they're here and the reason of why I'm here, nothing was made clear to them. And it, 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 it kind of exploded in its own way of, you know, comes down to miscommunication and, and poor planning. And granted, to be very honest with you, they had three weeks to do all of that. To, to, to prep? To prep it. You know, that's, it was kind of a, you know, that's a, that's not that much time with a production that was that big. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Yeah, okay. so I, I understand it. And I think from the ne- from the, for the future, one of, great, one of the great things is that they're definitely going to have me back, come back on, which is amazing. Um, and I think I could definitely lead the whole preparation aspect of it too. So. Yeah, no, that all makes sense. And I like I like what you're saying about like the lessons learned of the communication and uh, keeping that almost like that calm demeanor, even though like trying to you don't because the, the at the end of the day, the most important thing, right, that we always tell ourselves is we just we're we're here for the project. It's not about me. I just want this thing. Like I, I'm coming on for a specific. The 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 goal is to cover this event in a way yeah. that 
we can make an awesome piece out of. And um, if it's not happening on the day, being able to communicate how to get there is the is the thing to do it. Um, yeah. Because I'm I'm sure that kind of stuff happens as a first AD too, though, where where people are kind of fighting you on stuff, and or I don't know if that or yeah, but I I think it was a little different for me. I think for me the reason why I couldn't really control my frustration was because I knew that what I what I do here impacts on how I'm I'm going to be in the edit room. Yeah, and I got a little bit scared that when I go into this edit room, I won't be able to deliver because we didn't do good in the production of shooting it. And it got me into this place of where I was like, the only way to make sure that I don't get frustrated behind my desk when I'm editing this is if I take control right now. And that's that's what I did. And I, I think that the beginning of that was because I wasn't even aware of my emotions towards it is why I was more you know, like lashing out in frustration with the guy. But, you know, over time I started to realize that, you know, we got to be a team player and it, it ended up working out. It, it yeah. was, it was, it was to a point where we were in the edit room. And I think, I think the one, one of the, <laughs> one of the worst, not one of, not one of the worst, one of the main things that I think I should have focused on, which ended up being the worst thing for us was the guy who did all of our sound labeling did not communicate with posts with any of us on what each of his little, abbreviations are and that was one of the biggest pain was to sync up the sound because i didn't know whose mic was what and yeah when it was rolling or like any sort of stuff the, like the that. rolling was a little bit more known okay but it was hard to identify the the microphones for who for who it was i think we had it close to about 500 tracks of audio because keep in mind everyone was laughed up so uh, we had about i think uh we had 10 guests and the host so we had a total of 11 people that had to have to ha that had their own individual microphones and then we had the actual surrounding microphone we had an audience microphone and there was actually a live band too and each one of those live bands their instruments got a microphone it's a lot of sound it was so much sound and thank god that there's these softwares like isotope and so many other softwares that was able to sync it up that i didn't even know of until i learned it by doing the show which was a great thing yeah for me to yeah learn that we were able to overcome that but i was that was my first day of editing was syncing the sound and i was pulling out my hair yeah so. that's a lot that's a lot <laughs> um yeah there's there's lots of directions we can go with that experience but that's uh, sounds awesome yeah i I, I love it. I it, I love it in the sense that all of the, the worst things that I think in the moment is happening end up being a very great opportunity okay. to learn from it. Yeah, I guess I was I was thinking to like I was thinking about an experience I had recently as this seems sounds quite familiar mm -hmm. with I ended up on a on a commercial I think it was like a three day commercial. I don't know how many days your thing was. It was five days. Five days. Yeah, and these people had been prepping this thing for like for like many months and it was just a three day sprint. And a similar thing kinda happened on, on our set. I I showed up as a script supervisor mm -hmm. and I wasn't told like I know I asked like the, the producer that hired me on, like, so like how many can like I asked my, I had my basic questions before I signed on to a project. I'm like how many cameras are there? Are we doing day shoots? Are there any night shoots? Which, which part of town are we shooting in? Just 
so I know whether I, I want to take it or not. And I, I remember in hindsight that she never answered the number of cameras question because she was like, I don't know what the details are yet, but we're doing these dates in yeah. this part of and town and, and it's definitely day shoots and this is the rate. I'm like, okay, that all uh, sounds yeah, good yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. And I show up and there's a broadcast fan outside <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I show up, there's like a billion people on set and uh, I'm like, this is, there's nine cameras here and your your job is to look at all those cameras. Yeah, my camera is to watch along. I'm like, okay, what's going on? What are we shooting here? All this. I have to get caught up really quickly. Yeah. And uh, we had post on set. So, oh, so there, was, there was VFX. There was augmented reality going on during the shoot too. Like some cameras had AR like projection stuff in the camera for us to see where VFX were going to go. That's cool. Um, wow. And then, yeah, the editors were there as well. And then there was the, we were recording everything very oddly to like everything was just being recorded all the time. And there was no slating going on. For a production that big. We weren't slating because they were hoping to shoot it as a live event. Um, And just, I guess maybe you don't slate normally. Like I don't work in live TV. Yeah. But it, it sounds reality. like both of our cases is advertised as a live event when it's not. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, <laughs> so they wanted it to appear as a live event, and then uh, two days in, as like day one, I'd start meeting the the post production people, and they're asking me questions about like, so how's this working, and and what are you guys doing, and how are you taking notes, and I was noting everything with time codes specifically because we weren't slating anything. Um, and then we had to argue. Well, we, we we weren't. We had to calmly talk to production, and I got brought into those meetings with. I was the bridge between post production and production. Yeah, production and post production. So yeah. I, I I enjoyed that experience. Yeah. I became very important very quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I like being important. Um, but yeah, VFX was there. Production was there. Post was there. Talking about we need to figure out. Because the main the main event that we were trying to do this all on was going to be day three was the was the biggest day on the okay. importance of the labeling and the importance of the really what are we doing here we got to right. sh- fix all this. Um, so I was just thinking about how you were like as the editor you're like I need to speak up now before I get to post knowing this is impossible or I'm gonna yeah. we're not gonna have the thing because that's what they were saying is. They had like a three-day post turnaround on this forty-minute. Uh, that was we had we had uh, we had another five days. So in total, the production was supposed to be ten days, and it was a fast turnaround for us too, which was another stress of why we had to be acting, <laughs> yeah. it, like organize and all that. Yeah. So I mean, they had to compile all the footage, do all the syncing, put an edit out. So that way VFX knew what renders they had to do. And mm-hmm. there was like a whole render time for all the VFX that needed to get done yeah. too. So they're like... So Did you ever see the final product for that? I haven't seen it. I know on YouTube I went and saw they had... They were, it was going to be like released the next week. They were having like a whole... They had a whole event booked for premiering it already. Oh, wow. And then they were going to be um, publicly launching it um the week after that 
but I haven't heard anything. I don't know. I need to... mm. Either way, I looked into it, but it was just a crazy endeavor, and uh, if I, wanna, I feel for the editors. I want to meet people who are like leading these jobs because I do find them to be executives who don't know the process. That's usually the case, yeah. And they're obviously the only thing that they do know is how to save money, and then they get frustrated when things don't go the way that it's supposed to go or look the way that's supposed to look or sound. Yeah, but I'll tell you, the, the, the team was very professional throughout the whole thing, too, which was really nice to see. Like, these are obviously people that have been through plenty of projects. Been re- like, when you show up on the next one, for sure, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you're going to know a little You're going to know a lot more of what you're stepping into. Right, right. And when these conversations come up about, like, we, like I, you'll voice stuff way ahead of time on the next one. Yeah, and then when the issue comes up, you're like, "No, we did talk about this, and I'm trying to get ahead of it again, and we need to fix this, and like all that sort of stuff." So that's kind of yeah. how it was going on this one. That's that's actually a good good point you brought up about voicing ahead of time. It is very important to just do all of those communication and and the the preparation of when everyone's bringing in their gear to be having you know when people are bringing their gear in the, in the top of the day to get it get in the circle. And just talk and be able to see that all your ducks are in a row. And I think that in, in, in the cases of at least for for me when I was with them, it's they were actually already there. I had just flown in and it, I was more, you know, and I was new to this. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think on the next one, it's definitely going to be a lot better with, without, without flows and everything. That was very cool, though, still. Okay. So that was, that was separate from, was that? Separate from like the docu, that was like a whole different thing, right? That was a whole different but, but thing. But same, same team ish. Yeah, same production company that did the hiring and stuff. And honestly, this production company, they're they're great. I I love working with them, and I think that you know eventually I hope to just go higher and higher within their trust to be doing more projects with them. They did give me my first music video with a Persian artist, which was which was cool. This was back in. I think 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool because I have family in Iran that know the artist that then saw me, saw my name as a director on the music video for it. And at the end of the day, at least for for me, my parents' validation for what I'm doing is so important to me because I was supposed to be a dentist and I was supposed to not be in the path where I am now. And when they're getting messages from their family in Iran hyping me up, in a way, my parents then end up being a lot more proud of me, and yeah, that yeah. feels good. <laughs> Making our parents proud. Yeah. No, for sure, though. That is very cool to... Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I guess, to... to I don't know. This is not really like a proper segue or anything, but um, the experience that you had... Again, with the broadcast experience, editing on that, kind of being that creative voice in the room and making sure you're getting what you need and helping funnel that that conver- the the communication line between director to the broadcast space and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Operators and everyone. So yeah. just okay. So how has that affected uh, you? What is your takeaway on? thinking about the creative involvement versus standardly being included as like a, a first AD where it's, where it's strictly um, 
logistical? Have have you has that that how yeah, I don't as far as like creative involvement, I I kind of even see the first A D job of being creative too. It just also depends on the crew that you're working with. You know, I, I don't like the crews where I'm starting to see crew that sees the first A D as a person who's supposed to be the asshole, as a person who's supposed to just be giving everyone friction all the time. And I was on a set, I think, before I had gone on that tour, and it, it I, I actually shut down because I had to be like that. I had to be aggressive, and I shut down, and I wasn't able to be aggressive. And we did go into one-hour overtime, and I felt... You know, in a way, I I can't kind of came to this term for myself where I don't really want to be first ading. Before that, I was wanting to apply to a first ad program uh, that would get me, that would actually be able to give me a lot of these hours and experiences that when I would graduate, it would get me ready to go into the DGA as a first ad. And over the time of having that experience, I've actually kind of been backing away from that. I think, I think the the creative development process that you're talking about. I think I'm being fulfilled by that through the videography job by doing that. Yeah. When you're when so you said you got shut down or you you shut down and you couldn't be I couldn't be assertive. It was it was I don't really want to give the production but I'll give you the scenario of what was happening. It was yeah. just with an artist who was also co-directing the music video with another director too and the co the other co director and I worked together in the past and we're really cool and we're 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 great. We've actually have a great working relationship. But then when the artist got involved to also be the co director, things really took a shift because all of my prep, by the way, was never with that artist either. All of my prep happened with the co direct with the other co director. Mm -hmm. So her and I were on this great wavelength of knowing what we're doing and all this kind of stuff. And then in walks the artist who's also co-directing it, who's then telling the DP what to do, who's then telling the gaffer what to do, who then made the other co-director that I was working with feel insecure about all the planning that she had done ahead of time. And it was my job to really step up to the plate to either do a couple of things, just really wrangle everything in and get everyone onto the same page, which I had tried, or be very assertive to the artist to say, there's no way we could possibly do that. And I shut down in the sense that I had this feeling where the artist already did not like me, just knowing that I maybe he already knows that first ADs aren't cool or something like that, and there was already that friction there, that I just felt like I couldn't take the assertion to tell this artist, we're not going to, we can't do that. Nope. No. And that whole assertion couldn't come out of me. Okay, so essentially, I guess shutting down like you like you took you took a step back and you kind of just yeah, yeah, it's not like I didn't say like oh I'm walking off the set. I just let the artist do what they you know I I just let everything flow. Yeah, you're and like okay. The we... the result of that was one of one hour of OT. Yeah, not the worst thing, but that's kind of what we were. I got put you. Into. No, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I yeah a couple of thoughts. I was thinking yeah I, I and. I've heard that a lot. I feel like I've always heard that too, or because of, of course I have first AD experience as well on smaller scale indie type stuff. And when I mention to people that 
that I first AD. I was like, I know how to first AD. I cry first AD. You know, whatever. And, and then people are always like, well, the first AD is like always the asshole. Like what you, what you, like you can't, there's no way. I'm like, no, there are other ways of accomplishing the same yeah. job without having to be that kind of presence on set. And I explained my, my side of the, you know, just communication is just the job. So yeah. as long as you can effectively communicate to the team, yeah, you don't need, yeah. Why, why, why be, why an be a, a dick? Yeah. Why yeah. be an asshole? I, I agree. I, you know, before the, before this experience, even I've had this thing where my code word and anyone that wants to be a first AD steal this from me. I think that when you're in prep with your director, you need to have a code word for when things are getting really hot in the sense of you're not going to have enough time oh. when you're not going to be able to go, you know, you'd have to, you have to move on. I have a code word, which is Chipotle. I say Chipotle. I walk up to the director and I say straight up Chipotle. And, you know, since I had communicated that ahead of time, we're both on the same page that whatever you're doing, last, this is the last of it and we're moving on. There's no more of this whole, you know, staying in the scene for extra minutes. Okay, and you're doing that to kind of help save face for the director, right? That's kind of more of the point where you don't want you don't want the team around the director to kind of understand that there's. I, I wouldn't mind if the team kind of understood it either. It was. It's actually more so. I don't. I don't know. I have this weird way of. If I'm feeling this sort of emotion, it's it's harder for me to go up to the director and say we're running out of time in a really nice way when I feel like I'm really stressed and we're not, we're not going to make the day, and it's really easy for me to go up to the director and just say one word. Okay. Like all right, I, it's a way for me to simplify how I could communicate because I know myself in if I'm in this stressful situation, my tone is not going to land the way that it should. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I was also thinking about a time that I first AD'd recently, mm. and you know, so, you know, you know, you know me. I like to I like to help people out. Yeah, yeah, you definitely help. Me <laughs> I out. um I like to return favors and support other up and coming filmmakers, and um, like I ran a uh, I don't even know if I talked to you, but. I th- yeah, I don't know. Last last year, I directed like a crazy seven day feature film, and in Mexico, in Mexico City. No, that was here. That was here in L.A. Was this with Spencer? And you guys went? No, that was an eighteen day feature last year in oh, in, gotcha. in New Mexico. Oh. Got it. Got it. Last like October, November, I did a seven day feature that I directed in Simi Valley. Um, so I, I, I'm just coming to say that mm-hmm. I had a, I did like a little 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 shadow program through that event through that experience, where I came on so late that I it was already precast it was pre-written I didn't my my involvement was I was a hired gun to get this movie done in seven days. This now sounds familiar. I know we're talking about. And you know I brought on my own DP and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I told the producer like, hey. You know, this is going to be a crazy. This is crazy. First of all, this is this is seven I, days to do like ninety pages. Yeah, full full feature. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, I feel like there's probably going to be a lot to learn for people that have never directed a thing before or have little directing experience. So I voiced, I would like to, you know, if I could have a shadow, if I could have somebody shadowing me through the experience, or like, so I had five five of the seven days I had a, a different shadow on. 
I just say all that to say that I appreciated all the people that came out and donated their 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 day, and mm-hmm. it was lovely having a shadow that I could just talk to and like. Shook. Just to clarify, when you're saying shadow, like someone was shadowing you, directing, so that they could learn to be a director. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome that you did that. So it was lovely. Yeah, I love that. So everybody was stoked to be there, and I was like, "You're not. I don't want. You're not going to get pulled away to be background. You're not going to get pulled away to do any PA work. Like you're you're here to just be by me, watch the monitor, and we, yeah. we can talk directing and all that kind of stuff. It was lovely. That's awesome. I'm like my favorite part of the experience. So all those people that came through. I think they're all awesome and I try to support them further since I saw them last. So like I had one of them was doing like a, like a two day short and she asked me if I, cause she came out to help another buddy that I was helping and uh, she's like, Hey, I'm doing a thing. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, I'll come on as your first AD. Um, so it was essentially like the, the classic two day volunteer based project. Everybody's mm-hmm. just giving their time. If anything, people are going out of pocket to be a part, like the DPs putting in money for gear or whatever, Got it, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and I felt like there were some crew members that were looking at me as, like I was like a default asshole yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. And I really took a lot of, we only had two days, so I, oh, I, could, I had to work very quickly to overcome this like, like I, their perception of you. Yeah, and I was like, no, we're we're. I'm here to support. I'm here to support her as a director, and I and I'm lovely to meet you. Yeah. And uh, we got we got to work through this here, person, because this is not going good. And yeah. And, need, and who built the crew? Uh, she did. She did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it was a lot of like the, the side conversation of let's talk like what's 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 going on here and. <clears throat> eventually overcame it and yeah. again we were hugging at the end and loved yeah, the experience yeah. but like it was there was that struggle up front with there's resistance and I, I don't feel like i did anything to like i'm very confident in my abilities and i didn't i didn't so yeah. either way it was just yeah, i feel it, like it was the first ad thing people just see the position as that kind of personality yeah it's like you're you're going to you're going to you're going to get in my way of doing what i want to do so you're going to you're going to rush me and you're going to tell right, me to right. pull back and i'm like no 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 i just need to know which is so funny cuz at the end of the day the only reason why the first city's there is so that everyone could go home on time I'm just here to make sure we get everything done. I just want to, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll work with you. Just, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, some people, maybe they want to go into OT so they can get paid more. I don't know. We're not getting paid. I, yeah. 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 I, I'm yeah. Well, in, in that scenario. Yeah. But I'm now thinking like, is there actually like a genie guy that like, is like well, I'm going to try to slow it just down. So I can well, get OT right now. I know. I know on this one. One thing that was coming up, like I'm big on like these days, I try to try to aim for like a 10 hour day versus a 12. If people are volunteering time, ideally less than 10 is preferable. Yeah. Um, But again, I'm not putting any money into the project. So if there's other people that have put a little bit more into it, they are trying to get more out of it too. Um so I know there there was some fears early on that some crew members were voicing to me, like, I think we're moving too fast and we should be spending more time on this stuff. Why are we going so quickly? And uh, I had to voice that um, 
It feels like we're moving fast, but I'm just keeping us moving because we still have a lot left to do, and I feel like we're going to hit some roadblocks on this. This heavier stuff coming up is going to really hold us back. And I try to communicate that. I could tell they didn't really believe me or buy into it. And I was trying to just stay ahead versus use up, use up all the time that we had at each moment. Mm-hmm. And we ended up using up all the time that we allotted anyway. And yeah. I felt very vindicated on like, see, like, you know, you just got to trust me. That yeah, yeah. I knew we were going to have some issues on the same, the same production. Yeah, same, you, same one. Yeah, same one. Yeah, wow. So that's just, you know, I'm, I don't know. That's just the thought that I had with the first AD. First AD life is kind of tough sometimes. It, it is tough and... Yeah, I think every situation is different because, like, like I was giving you my story just now about that situation of where I f- just shut down. I think a week later, I did another, I did a music, yeah, both of them were music, but I did another, another music video, and that was just such a smooth operation, you know, where you have the PAs coming up to you and it's like, oh, I really like you as a first AD. You have G&E coming up to you and saying the same thing, and it was so weird in how I felt because I think the week before, I was getting a lot of, like, shit talk behind me regarding how I was performing as a first ad and every job i think is going to be different and i think one of the things that i should do better is asking the appropriate questions before even taking on the job like how you just mentioned with your scripty scripty work i think that that really should be a thing that i should do is pre-vet the uh, the job and and see how i could operate in that environment and if it's fit for me or not yeah it's tricky it's tricky for sure. <sighs> I had a thought. I lost it. Um, cool. First AD. What oh, do, what do you... Yeah. I, I remember... Okay. I was going to ask you a question. Like, I, I feel like I don't know much about your life, but I also <laughs> feel like a lot of people know what's going on with your life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You do all these podcasts, so I feel like people know what's up with you. No, I don't. I, yeah. What's the what's <laughs> question? People don't know what's up. Uh, like, Are you working on anything right now? What's, oh, what's that's, your that's focus right now? The the quick thought that I had before I answered that question yeah. is that I've I've shut down as a script supervisor before. Mm, do tell. Well, it's just a classic situation. I, I call it classic because it's indie life a little bit where when you're running behind schedule or you have too much stacked on your day that there's really... There's, and I get it. There's just no time to fix continuity issues or give like... Hey guys, before we move on, the line wasn't right, or something was wrong here, or yeah. the something could have been done better to be better for the cut or whatever. Right, I line something like that. Yeah. So normally, yeah. like I just hate when we fall behind, or like I was on I was on the super ambitious project uh, multiple weeks that was just like stacked every day, and that one broke me because I just never I could never get a word in. Because we just always had to keep moving. What was your relationship with the director? Uh, there was two directors. That always ruins it in my head. And they were both also starring in the piece. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they are not directors. So... And, but it was an ambitious project in the sense that it was a bigger scale of a production. Yeah, it was. It was. It was de- decently. Yeah, it was Se- self-funded too. They they have they have yeah they have 
they, they have, have funding. They have yeah. funding. Wow. So it was like they were great people. It was just more like the DP is great at moving fast. The AD is great at moving fast. The directors knew the story well and knew the characters well and knew Got the it. environment well. But like we're just we're just moving we're just chugging through so often that I'm there's so much to track. There's so many characters. There's so much going on. And whenever I spoke up, it was it felt like I was like getting in the way of momentum or getting in the and, way and they, they express like some sort of you saw body language that kind of gave you that frustration yeah, from them I, or I, something I would, like that yeah there's you, you could only get like when I come up and I say something to say and it gets disregarded enough times you kind of yeah. you just, just get beat down totally 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 but that's you know I've been there it's not yeah. fun it's, yeah yeah and then I just go to village and I'm like why am I even here you know it's like who's this for and then I cry I don't, I don't cry <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes you think about the position. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm at a place where I I would love to see how really legit productions are being done. Like a studio production is being done because it's still the same issues. Yeah, I, yeah. I I would say so. I w- I would I would assume so in a way. But I I feel like I am. Speaking of the whole like filmmaker going to videographer path and stuff, I just also came to a place where I felt like I'm in the same level of filmmaking that I've been like that I've, that I've been in a couple of years now. Which is the level that I'm at right now is I would say like the shorts that I'm working on are like fifty to sixty k. So it's shorts that are big, or Again, uh, feature film, I haven't even got the full experience other than the project that we did together. And that's that's about it. So I don't... The reason why I was going to, towards videography is because I kind of felt like I was just chasing my tail and running in a circle with the film. And a lot of my curiosity still lies in how studio productions are, ra- are ran from from their pre-production to their post, specifically. I, I want to see how they're doing their dailies, how they're doing their QCs, their whole like quality check with, you know, after they shot things and that is something that I'm like craving, but I just I guess what I could say is I have no idea how to get into the position of seeing that kind of stuff. I don't yeah. I don't know who to know to be able to get me into that. I feel yeah. I feel like I I know I definitely get a little bit of that through like the commercial work that I land as a script supervisor. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's how I like, uh, are you working on bigger productions, right? Like they 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 sound like they're a hundred K yeah, they're still non union. Oh, okay. But yeah. they're bigger yeah, like that one with the with the broadcast truck and stuff. Yeah, like, that, that sounds like huge. it's a six figure budget. That was humongo. That was like probably seven figures. Like, mm, got it. It was humongo. And I love the catering, but <laughs> yeah, those are yeah. They um, food. <laughs> yeah, no, I get a yeah. So I guess like I haven't been on any studio stuff, but I know like the commercial stuff is essentially the same kind of people and the same kind of work yeah, just shorter days in a way. So yeah, you gotta I gotta watch the like the VTR like the VTR people, the VTR guy. What does that even mean? Video transfer something. This is like. Under the DIT department or something. So or? yeah, there's they they look like when I show up to set and I, I'm getting I'm getting better at telling who's DIT and who's VTR. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. VTR is specifically just there to handle video feed. 
like the from like the the feed that's like from the like the Teradek, like uh, the live feed. Yeah, that's like going you on. know, on on standard narrative, the second AC is connecting cables to the video village, and yeah, every yeah. time they move, camera has to move the video village yeah, over. Yeah, so the they VTR do that. Does that? No way. And then they have wireless feed going because there's so many people. There's so many people that need oh, to see it. Yeah, that are probably not even on set. Yeah, there's agency. There's to. the client. There's the right. There's video village for them. Right, um, right. And then they do playback as well, like video playback. There's camera doesn't do video playback. VTR handles video playback. Got it. So whenever we, yeah, somebody says cut, and then director wants to watch playback, they run back to village, talking little microphone. Hey, VTR, can we see playback on this? Can I show the? Or no, we'll take before, take before, and then the, the other dudes just. Dude, like, that's cool. That's cool. So, you got to see that. So like, it's lovely, and you just got to teach that to me and yeah. everyone else. <laughs> so yeah, so my job is like I I get feed from them too. Like I have my iPad synced to their Wi-Fi. Cool. And I have my own feed, and then I pull images from it for my reports and stuff. Right. But getting you that experience, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, getting but. Yeah, it's, I, it's cool stuff to see, and that's I have lots of takeaways from that for sure. Yeah, that the experience I think is it's more wanting to see like when I'm when I'm talking about like filmmaking, I even just would even be content with a TV show format of how of how they're running and operating yeah, it a, too. That's big big time. Yeah, it's it's more it's more in that way, but I. I mean, how do you how do you see this whole process in your journey right now? Because I look at you as a self-made filmmaker, and you really grabbing everything. Grab you, pardon my French. Can I can I cuss on this or no? Sure, go for it. You grabbing your own balls and taking it. <laughs> cussing. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you you really taking charge in creating your own stuff, and you're able to you created it to be a feature length. You've done multiple now, and you've gotten them on platforms to be streamed. And so in the sense that we're kind of both in the position of where we haven't seen a studio level execution of projects, how do you feel about that? And where do you want your journey to go? And how do you see it being carved out? Okay, big questions, big questions. I like it. Um, Okay, my journey, I feel like I'm at, this probably feels... I feel like I'm at a at a at a there's a there's a bridge in the distance that I see I need to cross to get yeah to get more into that space because I feel like I'm kind of running towards the end of the road on my current plan path and I'm afraid of what I'll do after all this kind of comes to an end because yes I it's what's on the inside which you were a part of yeah we released that last year um and that was a lovely experience on getting that distribution and stuff and then i shot the feature in new mexico which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm trying to get that just completed in general still it's been a year since we shot that right and i'm like i'm have a meeting with the vfx guy tomorrow to like vfx is our final piece of the puzzle there's a few shots that just were designed to have vfx i gotcha which i've never had in a project before yeah yeah um so doing that, I know score is getting done. The audio mix is being handled. Color is being handled. So we're like, we're getting, we're getting there. Right, right. Um, but then when that's done, the plan is to push that and push for the festival run, which I've never done before either. With a feature selection. With a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, I know I've had my own conversations with filmmakers 
that I look at their stuff and I'm like, oh, hey, like we're somehow following each other on Instagram. And I notice that you've produced four features that have gone to Sundance. Can I chat with you about how you did that? And like any advice on what I, yeah, how do I have a successful festival run? Yeah. So I chatted with, with that guy, that producer, and he's awesome. And he's worked with a bunch of cool people and all that stuff. And uh, I know his biggest advice to me was, because I didn't tell him that, like, the New Mexico feature were maybe spending, like, less than 20K to have made that feature. And he's like, if you only spent, like, 50K or even less than that on a feature, what you still want to do is you need to, you need to spend money and pay for a publicist. Is like, that's his, that was his biggest piece of advice is, like, 5k on a publicist like just put that money get that money pay wow. for a publicist i didn't even think about that so that's so that's what i'm going to try on this one when the, when it's done he said he said wait till the movie is fully complete wait until it's fully complete find a publicist that believes in the movie and believes in like the story behind the movie too which is that's what's going to get the thing traction mm-hmm. so I'm waiting for the movie to get done. I have the money in place and I'm desperate to see how this goes with having some publicity help. Yeah. And you're not worried about the publicity help and the fact that you're trying to take it into the festival circuit to crossfire. It's all one and the same. So it would even help like, so basically the publicist would help navigate how they're, how the film is being advertised to these festivals. That's cool. Yeah, you great. So essentially, you yeah, the chances increase to get into Sundance at all. Just let's just say hypothetically, that specific festival with the help of a publicist versus just submitting it. And wow. essentially, like the publicist yeah. will have the connections to get it in there at all in the first place too. With like, hey, check the thing, you know, like that sort of stuff. The totally. behind the scenes stuff that totally. we all know happens anyway, but. Like that's yeah. So yeah. paying for that is like the so either way. This second feature number two, I'm mm-hmm. doing that with. Who knows how that's gonna go down? I don't know. From the sto- from how you've pitched to me your second feature, I also feel like it'd be really receptive to a like a Sundance audience. I hope so. I hope so. It's crazy. Well, it's, yeah. cr- it's just crazy. I just I just love how how I mean it's discovering a man's mind in a way, and and it's not. I don't know, I feel like it's discovering it in the way that we are today, like in the modern day, which is a really progressive, developed male figure of how they would want to be, you know, like equality for with women. They're like a feminist, and but they're a guy. And Yeah, I mean, yeah, mom, yeah, the movie explores... <laughs> Me speaking them for the, about the movie for you. <laughs> the movie explores the relationship between a man and a woman in today's day and age. Right, it's, right. I mean, it's kind of like, that's kind of the under, that's the undercurrent of the whole movie is she's the, she's a very confident woman, knows what she wants, very outspoken, not afraid to share her opinion. And she wants, she wants her boyfriend to stop being so sensitive and like be a man and like do all these things mm-hmm. and what. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, the back and forth is like, what is, what is his expectation of what, what is a man to him? What is a man to her? What is a woman to him? What is a woman to her? Yeah. And how do we communicate that in, in just a relationship? And it's, you know, everything's kind of, we're trying to break, 
molds and also fit in molds at the same time. So it gets a little tricky. Yeah. And I find it to be very relatable. I find myself to be very sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I don't know why this character is going through that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's, no, I'm super excited about that one. The score is beautiful. Uh, uh, It's going to be great. The score is looking great. That's awesome. Max is wonderful as the DP. But so, okay. So there's that track. Mm Mm-hmm. There is, um, through the whole process of making that movie, I was able to come into contact with a financier who's funding a short film I'm directing this month. Right. Um, and was this, um, what are you doing with Jamie? Yeah. Me and Jamie are co-directing it. Right. right. And this one is kind of like a, a, a trauma catharsis kind of piece. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of through the the book there's a diary that you were using to refer Kinda, to a lot of yeah the yeah it's based stories. off of some some actual real materials and we're dramatizing it and fictionalizing it and kind of pulling from this in yeah so cool yeah so it's turning into like a four-day short that we're going to go shoot in new mexico for nice and then ideally yeah because it's it's 14 pages and ideally the post process is quick on it because we have a budget Ideally, I'm doing the festival run with this feature and the short at the same time. And I have both doing the fest. I'm doing both Mm -hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. And uh, I guess in my head, like it it sounds awesome to be doing both. But at the same time, do you feel like there could be a moment where it could hurt you that you're doing both at the same time? I have no idea. So this is the experiment process. Because they're totally different films. One's just super, the short is just, Pure, pure dramatic film. It's like a gut wrencher, sad catharsis, right, right piece. And the other one is meant to be like a comedy, lighthearted with some like fun horror elements and some psychological elements. Yeah, but and a little bit of a. I so feel like it's a lot. It sounds like a lot deeper too. They're totally different. They're shot totally different. And um, but I guess my question was more specifically of my. My question was: Are you applying the? the films to the same festivals that you're do, planning on doing. So yeah. they're, are they going to like look at two Eddies? <laughs> well, one's, on a their co- one's, a, one's a co-directorship and one's solo director. I oh, got it. So hopefully that helps I could with, see, yeah. with the separation there where this is a director team. But then again, like I'm not thinking about it too hard either. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I don't, I'm, I'm not saying as if I have yeah, a yeah. point or stance on this cause I have no idea. It, it, I guess, like I said, I overthink everything and, and mm-hmm. because it sounds a little like new and novel to be doing such a thing like this, I'm thinking, yeah, what, what I, could feel, I feel like most people like even talking to other filmmaker friends, it's like, I've been told, if I were you, like I'd be doing everything I can to just get this feature done and, and out like that. They'd be, fo- it's like project to project versus the I overlapping, yeah. which I'm crazy and I overlap and I'm like, well, I'm not busy with this feature. Like I have time to be writing with Jamie. I have time to get a short up and running and then it's just kind of getting crazy right now. Cause I'm at the cusp of the ending of post and the cut and directly at pre so yeah. i'm casting and trying to i'm trying to cast post and because i'm trying to crew post and crew pre yeah it's been it's been a little bit it seems kind of fun though it's fun i feel like it's a little exciting because you're at this you're at you're so close to the finish line and you're so beginning at the start line yeah there's an overlap for yeah. sure yeah so okay once that all finishes and the festival run is over 
Does this feature get sold? Does this fund the next feature? Does Do I pick up representation in any capacity? Do... Or am I in the same, am I in the, do I feel like I'm in a similar boat where like I've got more in the resume and I've done more, but nobody's knocking on the door. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I've already made two features for under 20K and I got hired on to do a crazy seven day feature. But to, in order to elevate, you need, that's just, you need money. Yeah. And um, you need someone who trusts you with the money. Yeah, exactly. So I guess just building up, uh, yeah. So I'm like, am I going to be in a better position where I'm trusted with money next next year when I'm thinking over all this? So that's so I'm, once once I reach that point, I'm like, I don't know what I can do next. Do I just, I guess, uh, submit to more directing? Because I've never like submitted to directing labs. I've never tried to like workshops. Yeah, like you know, there's like the Sundance yeah. Director Lab where yeah. you get high high class mentors to kind of help do stuff and and in order to get into those you have to show your previous work and kind, kind of, of prove that you're at a certain standard to be yeah. accepted to this program. So then hopefully it's like, well, yeah, you've 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 done, yeah, if I can properly again almost like publicity, if I can mm -hmm. shape my image in a way where I'm attractive to a lab and I feel like I'm I'm Whatever. That's that's like another thing. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Who knows? Yeah. So that's what I got going on. Yeah, I I saw a couple of things that you said that kind of picked my attention on how you're you're like trying to carve the path and where you're gonna go with it. And it also sounds a lot of it is trial and error for you and seeing what's working, what's not working, for and sure. adjusting to that. The other elements. Now that I mention it too, I forgot. Like I directed a short last week. <laughs> just for fun so i gotta finish that and get that through post but i put that on top of my plate that i was already doing all nice. this of course you did <laughs> uh and then script supervisor yeah and uh i have a deadline of august to finish submitting my days to contract services to go union and that'll be that would be a game changer for sure so With you have accumulated the hours to be able to submit i need that, to or? i need to finish accumulating the hours gotcha um i think i have like two weeks of work that i have to do within the next couple of months and i can go union when you're doing that are you uploading like pay stubs and call sheets to be able to prove to them that you worked on that production how does that work with that going union? no that for the process is um uh when yeah payroll payroll is the easiest way is when you when i yeah when i land the gig and i i go through media services to get paid yeah media services will send contract services some official document that showcases the dates i worked and that legitimizes the dates through for them got it yeah that's cool yeah and if you're getting paid but not through media services how do if you if it's like a 1099 or something yeah. it's painful yeah, it's more like I have to div I have to write a I there's a there's a letter template, so I fill out this letter, and then I have to contact production and have their producer sign off on it, and then I got to like accompany that with the pay stubs and that sort of thing. That's so. a lot, and you have to do that for every production you work on with following that same yeah. Steps. If it's one day, if it's two days, I have to do all of for each of the days you would have to do the same. No, I mean if I, if, if it's a two day gig. 
and yeah. I want to submit two days, I have to go through all that same work. Yeah, yeah. So ideally, it's chunkier. Like if I got a 20-day feature to work in July, then that would... That would be wonderful. Yeah, be like, that would sweet. complete it One all. One paper that showcases twenty days of work. Yeah. Versus. 20. Do you ever do you ever take it? Do you ever take the job depending on knowing how easy that's going to be for you on the the whole? Like I guess what I'm saying is, do you ever take the? Would Would you take a job that you know that's going to have a real payroll company be paying you rather than ten ninety nine? I mean, payroll is always better. It feels like it's a it's better. Just, you just—it's it a better is. production from the get-go. If yeah. Going through Every payroll. time when it comes to tax season, it's like the easiest thing for me to take care of. Yeah. So I, I definitely see that. If it's ten ninety-nine, I'm just scared about the whole production in general. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, oh no. But I've been on some big ten ninety-nines too. It's usually like an out-of-state company, mm-hmm. like a New York company, will come in for a for a giant five-day commercial. Like I know I. Worked for uh, I did an Audi commercial this yeah, year. Cool. And it was my my biggest gig, ever. It's like a five day yeah five day five day big chunky day rate and it was very nice, but they did ten ninety ten ninety nine, <laughs> and I'm scared about taxes next year because I'm like that's a lot of money. Yeah. That I should probably put away somewhere and have for tax time. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yes. let's let's uh, let's talk about. And this is our last topic, and we'll we'll try to keep it. We'll try to keep it. We'll see. We'll see. I I got I got. Yeah, I want to talk about um, writing a feature film. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> How to write a feature film and trying to make a movie. Yeah, because uh, I know that's something that you want to do. Yeah, that's still something that I wanted to do, and it got put on the back burner after I got the whole opportunity to do the stuff we talked about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what's your what's your do you have so a specific the, so question? So the question, I guess, because I think for, you you know a lot. <laughs> for starters, do you still want what's what's your current goal with trying to make a movie? Do you still want to? Try to make a movie this year, or are you? I'm just gonna feed you. I'm feeding. I'm leading the leading the. Uh, what's it called? Leading the guest. Is that the? Or are you kind of a little bit more satisfied in the vid- videography? Like you're getting the creative, you're getting the creative outlet through this other work. Yeah. So it's almost less of a need for the priority or the the urgency for making a movie. I think. I think the urgency definitely left my body a little bit because of the opportunity that came. And that kind of, again, falls back into something that I need to work on, which is my, my seek, me seeking my parents' validation that I find to be something that motivates me and something that also holds me back in certain cases. In this case, when we were meeting up, I had this conversation with my mom who was telling me, am I going to go back? to dental school and the only way that I could prove myself that I was not going to be a dentist was to sit down and write a movie and that was the motivator in that moment that was the urgency in that moment and then my life kind of changed when I started working with this production company that gave me all this new opportunity that also fulfilled 
my parents feeling proud of me and validate in that validation. And that only, I think, made me, re made me learn more about myself because I, like I just mentioned, it's something I need to work on is seeking my parents' validation is because I still do want to write that movie. I still do want to make the feature film. I think the urgency of me saying it needs to be done within this year has just left it, has just left me because of all this other opportunity. But nevertheless, I think that that's something that I won't ever feel like, I don't want to go to my grave knowing that I didn't really do that. I really do want to write and sure. direct my own feature film. And I'm saying feature because I've done the whole short world and not there's nothing against shorts or anything like that, but I do find that to do a feature, it's a whole different beast. And it's a whole different mentality and stamina that you're gonna need as a director, as a producer, as a creative person working on that film. And yeah, it's like training for a marathon versus like a 5K or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like you're still, it's, the whole process is the same, but the distance of how where you're going with it is, is different. And I, I, again, that's kind of like where the identity thing comes in because I think part of me calling myself a videographer is that I don't want to call myself a filmmaker since I haven't actually done a film, a feature film. And it was, that's where I'm like starting to just, identify these labels differently and, and see that differently. Another difficult thing with this is, as you know, Daniel is my writing partner within this. And although I see him a lot and occasionally, it's just also been very difficult for him and I to find our time to sit down together to show each other our script. And in comparison to me and him, I've already written five pages of the script. He's supposed to help out with the other five pages is the first scene. We're, we were going to go scene by scene. I do a scene, you do a scene. Oh, I do gotcha, a scene. gotcha. I think that was what we were you talking a about. Bit of doing. Like a handoff technique? Yeah, well, we were going to go scene by scene in order to make sure that we're staying consistent with what we're writing. Like, you know, whatever he writes goes with the previous scene that I wrote. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's how I think we were figuring that out. And we got a little bit stuck because he was procrastinating. And around that time, that around that time, yeah, I'm calling you out, Danny. <laughs> around that time, that he was doing that is when I got the opportunity to do the whole tour and all of the traveling and the videography work. And then that's kind of what led us here where we haven't done anything. <laughs> I have not, I've not made more progress in five pages. Okay. All right. Cool. Interesting regarding the, yeah, I guess that's usually like a question that I like to, even like no for myself is the I don't even I don't think about it too much these days I guess I but the the why on like the why are we making the movie the mm -hmm. and then like you were kind of saying it had a lot to do with um the the validation and the conf almost like the, the yeah the validation from the parents on is there confidence in me continuing on the path that I'm on yeah and you're able to do that with other with other means which is great yeah um so then now, ideally, I guess, yeah, revisiting the feature with the new lens of like, okay, now what does it look like if I'm just doing this for me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And does this get done at all if it's just for me is like another question too. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, writing a movie is hard. And I know I talked to you and Daniel about different techniques on to, tr to try because I've written multiple features yeah, and you've done with, with a co-writer, yep. with different yep. co-writers too. Yep. I wrote one with Bo Nelson. 
the New Mexico one, and then I've written one with Jamie too. We have a couple in our back pocket there. So uh, if you look at the, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but it it's yeah. I I I would want to like mention this that our writing group that we had for a brief moment in Bill's apartment was the most writing that I got to do consistently. And I'm curious on what happened to that. Why did, why did that stop? I think I, I, I think I wasn't able to make one of them. And then from there on, it just well, stopped. But I think it was, a we're, we were trying to do, we were trying to do weekly meetups or was it by two, every two weeks? I forgot what it was. I know. I know for me, mm-hmm. Because I was already doing writing with Jamie, and then I attacked that on top of it. And then for me, it was more of an availability thing for sure. With I was more doing it because I had the time, and I wanted to support Bo, and I wanted right, to right. We were yeah. in the middle of like lockdown. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like let's that. get some track. Let's get let's get let's yeah. get these let's get these guys up and running. Was my was my take on it. But then yeah, as soon as uh, stuff picked back up, I'm like. You guys, you guys figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got. I'm good over here. <laughs> it got harder for sure, but I think that I need some structure that you kind of provided me, and you know, there was like a moment where I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't want to go to this today." And then I would tell myself that half of this is just to show up. It's not even to say that this writing that I'm doing needs to be good, or interesting or entertaining or anything like that it's that i just need to show up and be surrounded by that environment of where people are wanting to write and yeah i just remember i was remember i remember nights of trying to trying to write to be able to hit the deadline of being able to send you guys the script so you guys could read it the night before before we met up yeah and yeah i i think that that was a really healthy thing that I that I'm happy you actually created for me, and that that you brought it up right now, it's brought up some emotion of why I you know I kind of want to actually readdress readdress it and, and actually sit down and and do some writing like that. Do you have any other groups that are happening like that where you're where you're writing? There's no time I, I, for you. I haven't done much writing as of late. I know even Bo was reaching out to me too about. Mm. He's like, "Hey, you want to write a short? You want to write a feature? Like, you want to write something?" I'm like, "I don't have time right now." Yeah, yeah. I haven't been. No, the only thing, like, uh, the only thing you're writing is the one you're getting paid for, which is the, the I, adaptation. Of the, yeah, we we wrote that. That was a lot of work. Um, and then I wrote a seven pager. For because I directed that one day, one like last week. Oh right, we, right. Need, we needed a script to shoot. <laughs> so I I sat down, I brainstormed with Bo. I met up with Bo, and uh-huh. he helped me talk through the constraints that I had. It's like I have this location, I got this actor, and I I want another actor, but I don't know if it's gonna be a guy or a girl or yeah. what's going on, or and I want to have it be like this paste, and then we just talk through it. I'm like, thanks, Bo. And I left, and then I sat down at my laptop on my laptop and I wrote seven pages one night I'm like all right here's a short and then we shot it I have a question about that what what even because you didn't even have a script but it sounded like you had all the resources you needed to do the movie is that what motivated you to put the script together yeah okay it was the deadline got it the I had act I had an actor attached I had the DP attached I had a date locked and a location set so I reached out for all that first before I even started like I was in my brain I was thinking about what do I want to accomplish as a director? On the, mm-hmm. If we're going to just meet up and have some fun, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. 
And I knew I just wanted to have like quick vignettes. Like I didn't want to have extended lengthy scenes. I wanted to get a yeah. lot of variation very quickly. Right, more of like a montage-esque feeling. Yeah. When you say vignettes, I'm thinking like a vignette uh, yeah, some montage t- moment. Yeah, and I wanted it to be funny. Stuff. I wanted it to be more comedic themes. So it would right, be like right. two lines and then new scene, two lines, new scene. Yep, so that, there okay. was a back and forth yeah. cut out of it immediately. Right. And stuff like that. And there's just like wacky stuff that happens. So like I knew I'll, I wanted to play with perspective too. So I yeah, I was just like, I want, a, I want a thing where two we're in a scene together and stuff is going on and like you blow up and get really angry. And then you turn to the camera. I want to break the fourth wall too. You turn mm-hmm. to the camera and you're like, this didn't go down like that. Like so, you flip you flip immediately from the emotion you're playing. You're I like, love this, that. this does not happen at all. And then we cut to us talking about what had happened. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well, okay, okay, fine. It didn't go down that way. How did you see it? And then we cut back, and now it goes differently because you're telling the story. Yeah. That was kind of the early, that was the it's early fun. that was the early premise. So I did like these cool whip pans and cool to the whole time, and then I feel like you are exploring what you could do as a filmmaker even more when one, you have already done two feature films where maybe you weren't having the time because it was so long of a script to be a little bit more, um, I, want, I don't want to say creative, but a little bit more fun with how you're telling the story, like how you're doing it with the whip pans and yeah. the fourth wall and stuff. That I feel like you were able to do all of the basic foundation of the directing to now be able to do these mini short videos. But within them, there are a lot more, uh, it's like a lot more thought thought through. Like you thought it through and you know what you want more rather than kind of figuring it out as you go. Yeah, I know I've been inspired to try to more, oh, this is a hor- horrible way of explaining it, but thickly layer a moment like just layer the moment versus, yeah, just have have more to say in each frame versus uh, versus needing a lot of time to say it. Like, yeah, I know I was inspired a lot by watching um, just a few things, like watching everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful movie that I was blown away with how much they they fit in that thing. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Everybody's talking about it, but you should check it out. Just like the the art in it, the the dialogue, the lighting, the they just the genre they mash genres through. It just moves so quickly, and they do so much random stuff in that movie yeah. that you're like, how do they do all of this and fit it in like a forty day shoot? Like it just blew my mind. And then when I think about like watching my movie Trauma Days, which I the feature second feature, mm-hmm. I'm like I was aiming to be I wanted to explore comedy, but the comedic moments are very subtle and they're, they're kind of few and far between. Like in, when I watch it, I'm like, this is, it's kind of more of like a, it, the, it's funny, but it's not like, I just want more of those moments more often. So then I'm trying to play with like the short. I'm like, how, how quick can I get from, I want, I want to speed up the humor. I want to have yeah, more humor I, I more often. Yeah. But yeah. And you actually, I feel the writing was a lot of the the blueprint to that moment because you said how you're, it's like they say two lines and then they cut to interior, some like other's location and they're figuring out the they're they're answering the question to the scene before it like that yeah. that I feel is it's it's good that you had that blueprint to figure that out. 
Yeah. But that was like the most recent writing I've done. I haven't done much writing, but that was mm. with mm-hmm. the deadline of I knew that I had people committed and I needed something to shoot and it had to hopefully be good enough for the DP didn't want to leave the project and the yeah. actor was still excited to give his time. Like that was the whole yeah. pressure. Yeah, you DP'd at Max did? Yeah, Max. Great. Max came back out for that. That's awesome. Max is great. Max is great. Um, Cool. Cool. So we're kind of here. We're kind of here towards the end, I guess, just for just for segueing us into potential third chat in another 60 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you wh- what I hope to yeah, achieve? Yeah, we just we just entered into June. Yeah. 2022, we're halfway through the year. What's uh what are you focusing on next to Right now it's definitely growing the business for the studio. I am really trying to do more of, more advertising more building the company and building the brand. I'm trying to figure that out even on what is the brand that I'm trying to sell. Obviously, like I mentioned, if you come get this location and you need a first AD, you can, you know, as a first, like I'm trying to do things like that where I'm building who I am and what my company is. I think that a lot of it is also true about I want to write that feature. And if I can't do it with Danny, well, to be very fair, that story, that concept, it really was developed with me and Danny. But yeah, I think if I could take away the idea of saying just a feature, I think I, I just want to do the writing that we did during the lockdown with, with Bo, where I was at least writing something. And, you know, that I would say that's where I would want to go within the next couple months is being able to achieve that. And yeah, yeah I think, uh, yeah, I had a thought about the writing, too, with. It is kind of, I mean, that's the fun part about writing is it's really scary and it's really difficult to kind of sit down and do the work. But once you decide to do it and then you just sit there and you start writing, it's a lot of fun to see what comes out. Cause like you don't, you, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the fear part is you don't, you don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, and the other fear part for me is whatever is going to come out how my like I, I'm afraid of the the time that when I'm like I write something good and then I'm at a roadblock and I'm stuck and I think the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of the pattern for my behavior has been that I write something that I'm really happy with and I get to the roadblock and I can't surpass, surpass the roadblock and so the script is just stuck and it's yeah. not done and I think that that's the pattern that I've been proving to myself is like how I'm doing it and uh, and I think it's just having to still just push through and getting the words on the paper. Yeah. Almost my gut. Hear me out. This is, you don't have to take this, uh, this mm-hmm. advice at all. Mm. But I know you and Danny outlined the full feature, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah. the outline is there. Now, I would say, I would almost just be like, pull out random scenes and just, just like write just it. write random because you don't have to, you don't have to write the feature in order <laughs> yeah. first of all you know where it's going you know it's got to get to the scene eventually I don't even know why I didn't think about this myself I need someone like you in my life so <laughs> so 
Because that's that's the that's the easiest way to get something moving. Is like out of all these scenes, I have bulleted a hundred scenes in this movie. Which one is jumping out? Which one is jumping out to me right now? Which one is easy to write? Like, which one do I have a vision for currently? Yeah. And or which one's just the shortest? Which is like just an easy moment. He's he's showering and he notices this thing, and then. All right, right, cool. Like that's right, that's like a right. that's like a quarter page. As you as you're saying this, it's making me think that if I had if I had thought that earlier, or if you had texted me that to do that, <laughs> as if he's responsible for my life. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, then I would have probably been done with the movie by now with all those scenes. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I love that you mentioned it because it is a perspective that I was not thinking about, and I think that you're right. If I just you know by in a month or two, like there could be at least twenty of those scenes that are now completed that I don't have to worry about. Yeah, or, or three, or yes, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because then I guess the ideal situation too is that you're you're excited about the writing you just did and you share it with your writing partner Danny, and that that re inspires him to write his own stuff. Indeed, too. indeed, it does. That's sounds like you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, accountability is uh, my number one. It really is, and I think for part for part of the time, I think Danny was like, "Dude, I'm scared of like meeting up with Eddie. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna get mad at us." <laughs> like, let's just let's just not mention it. Maybe he'll forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't no. forget. It's okay. No, I understand. I understand how it goes. It's fine. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not mad. One of the actually other things with Danny that I'm doing and with my roommate Alex is we're actually going to be starting our own podcast. So hopefully within the next couple of months, we will be able to be putting out our own episodes. and Very cool. And doing that. Have you guys, okay, is there a name for it? Or yeah, it's called uh, Therapy Bros. And our focus is within mental health. And a lot of it is the male persona and what it means being in 2022 with that perspective. I think all three of us single-handedly are ready to be stay-at-home dads and are okay with our wives making money and we're not making money. So, like, <laughs> and, and it's, the wives it's, are okay with this too? Well, this is the thing. This is what your <laughs> film would study really well, actually, exactly, in the, as a case yeah. for it. Yeah, with your character, with the female character in your movie. But um, it, it's it's focusing on that and... I'm very big on my health, and Danny's trying to lose weight. My friend Alex is trying to lose weight, and I'm also just trying to get a lot better with it. So uh, part of the podcast is to discuss our, our weight loss journey and our getting healthy, and hopefully that, that that tied in with mental health and sex and relationships and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And that's you haven't recorded any episodes yet? We've recorded two episodes that we have realized – we don't like okay it's kind of interesting so like trial a little bit of a trial because tonal runs a little totally, bit. totally because we have we not none of us have really sat around and also we got we we've kind of like mentioned things that we shouldn't have mentioned because we we never created boundaries with each other of what topics do we want to talk about and not talk about and you know those are the things that we're kind of developing now i think when we've done two so far so i think our third one would actually be uh a good one that we're going to be. Yeah, out. your real episode one kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, with that being said, yeah. for everybody that wants to keep up with Avita Bali over here, how do, where do, uh, you want to plug the best places to follow you? Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Avita Bali. Follow me on TikTok at Avita Bali. Follow me on Twitter 
at Avidic Bali. And those are the best places I'll be. Yeah, and then make sure to go to what's the website for the space? Uh www. No, it's too many W's. Three linestudio.com. You just type that in. But make sure you actually write out the number three, like three, three linesstudio.com. Yep. If you actually type out three like spelled out, you get a D and D website. Basically the guy who created one of the D and D games has a website called Three Line Studio. Interesting. I don't think I could ever buy it from him. I think it's pretty popular. He's, he's, he's getting, he's got some traction. Going. He's got a Wikipedia page and I don't, so. Gotcha. So he wins. Uh, great. Well, uh, thanks for uh, being on the show again for uh, yeah, a little sophomore conversation. Thanks for watching. Uh, subscribe and like and comment and all that kind of stuff. And uh, all right. That's the show. Thank you, Eddie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Oh, oh, oh.